It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. The Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. The week's most interesting interviews with senators, commentators, and newsmakers. Giving you a replay just in case you missed it. The Guy Benson Show. It's time for the happy hour here on the Guy Benson Show on this Thursday. Thank you very much for being with us. Every weekday between 3 and 6 p.m. Eastern, then around the clock on demand for free on our podcast, GuyBensonShow.com, our website. That's GuyBensonShow.com. You can also go to FoxNewsPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts for the podcast side, of course. You can follow us on social media at Guy Benson Show, Twitter and Instagram. Catch me tonight on Special Report. I'll be on the panel with Brett Baer at the end of the 6 p.m. hour on Fox News Channel. This hour is sponsored by the Finnish Long Drink. Delicious, very refreshing. We recommend it, and so many of you are trying it. They are spreading like wildfire across the country, now in 40-plus states. TheLongDrink.com is the website to check out where they're sold near you. You can also order online. TheLongDrink.com. Always drink responsibly, 21-plus only. With us now is Will Kane. Our colleague here at Fox News, a co-host of Fox and Friends Weekend, which is 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday. Also, he's got the popular Will Kane podcast at foxnewspodcast.com. And, Will, you are joining us, if I'm not mistaken, from Iowa. Is that right? Some think heaven, but yes, Guy, it is Iowa. Excellent. We did this a year ago for the first Major League Baseball Field of Dreams game between the Yankees and the White Sox. My Yankees ended up on the wrong end of a thriller, a 9-8 win for Chicago in that game. And here's round two, the Cubs and the Reds tonight with the throwback uniforms, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Big Fox. I'll probably tune in for some of it. Based on your experience last year, just on the ground and the excitement and the buzz surrounding this game, what did you think of the actual experience last year and the product that came on the air? There were a few thousand fans there, of course, in person as well. And how stoked are you as a sports fan for this version with the Cubs and the Reds tonight? So last year's event could not have gone more perfectly for Major League Baseball or for the sports fan. It was on television, picturesque. It captured the environment, and it delivered an amazing baseball game that, as you pointed out, ended in thrilling fashion. You know, it's interesting, Guy. This is out in the middle of nowhere. Dyersville, Iowa is a town of about 4,500 people, and it is a good 30 minutes from Dubuque, an hour from Cedar Rapids, and this complex that was the movie set of Field of Dreams and is now a temporary baseball stadium housing Major League Baseball once every summer is literally out in the middle of a field, Mm -hmm. and it makes coming here effort. It makes it hard. This morning I was sitting there talking to John Smoltz. Hall of Famer, Cy Young Award winner, World Series winner. And he said, you know, you see this game on the schedule and you think, man, we got to go all the way out there. And then the minute you arrive, you're so happy that you did. You're so happy that you're here. I don't know. I get to do a lot of cool things with Fox and Friends. Guy, I've been to multiple NASCAR venues. I've been to the Super Bowl. I've been to the World Series. I've been to a lot of events when I was with ESPN. This one lives up to the hype. 
there's just something about the movie and nostalgia and baseball and this scenery that all comes together and just it just feels good. Yeah, and I mean, it looked amazing last year. The visuals were stunning. The outcome was frustrating for me, although some of that frustration has been revisited these last few weeks for the Yankees as a Yankee fan. But setting aside the rooting interest, which, of course, I had in that game, it was hard to argue with how it looked, how it felt. I know it was a big hit with the fans. The ratings were good, and we'll see if it holds up again with this very popular franchise in the Cubs. The Reds have been struggling a little bit, but there's still some novelty to this. And we'll be watching tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. That's on Fox, Big Fox, the network. Will, I want to talk to you a bit. Last time we chatted on the air, we mentioned Texas politics. I'm sure you've been following this. The back and forth between, indirect through the media, but the back and forth between the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, and the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, who's very upset that Greg Abbott has been busing just a small number of illegal immigrants from Texas up to New York City. We've gotten a similar reaction from the D.C. mayor, Muriel Bowser. They are both very proud leaders of sanctuary cities. They are effectively in favor of the border crisis and all of the terrible policies that have created this border crisis. And with states like Texas and Arizona sending just just a fraction of the problem up to these northeastern blue cities, just conniption fits from those mayors have been the result. And Adams is now threatening to go down to Texas to campaign against Governor Abbott. And Governor Abbott said, you know, please come do that. We would love for that to happen. (laughs) In fact, he said, you know, to quote Clint Eastwood, make my day. Go ahead, Mayor. Make my day was the quote. Now Adams firing back. Listen to cut eight. Well, uh, first of all, um, I know he thinks he's uh, Clint Eastwood, but he's not. He is a anti-American governor that is really going against everything we stand for. And uh, I am going to do everything feasible to make sure Texan uh, people of Texas realize how harmful he is to us globally. Uh, He's a global embarrassment. Uh, Because this is not what we do as Americans. Well, what the hell is he talking about? An anti-American governor who's a global embarrassment just because he sent a handful of illegal immigrants to New York City? I mean, it really feels like Adams is going nuclear with the rhetoric here without really much basis behind any of it. No, I would love to know or hear, was there a follow-up question? Please explain to me how he is anti-American. Please explain to me how he's a global threat. Please explain to me how he stands against our values. I would love to hear Adams explain the answer to those questions. You know, I don't know what the exact right analogy is, Guy, but it's so it's so pretentious. You know, it's almost as though, you know, someone you know, when Europeans came to the United States of America and colonized this great land, one of the byproducts was that Native Americans and American Indians died from diseases they had not previously been exposed. They died from smallpox. It's almost as though in this analogy that Adams and his policies are the ones spreading smallpox. And then he looks at the Indians, and he looks at the Native Americans, and he looks at the Texans, and he says, how dare you get your smallpox back on me? You know, He sounds like he's standing there next to a dying patient whose illness he helped create and is upset that perhaps that dying patient might have accidentally coughed onto his lab coat. 
It is incredibly pretentious, incredibly condescending. You can almost visualize the nose he is looking down as he tells Texas, don't get your illegal immigrants on me. This is a Texas problem. Keep it in Texas. I want not even a droplet. I want not even a few, what, dozen illegal immigrants, thousands over a couple of months, a couple of thousand over a couple of months. Keep your hundreds of thousands, your millions of illegal immigrants down in Texas. Yep. And he said that. He said they should figure out the housing for them down there. Don't send them here. I mean, it's it's a really arrogant, incoherent thing that he is saying, especially as someone who's been, you know, all excited about leading a sanctuary city. Obviously, he's fine with the theoretical idea and notion of being a sanctuary city, but not terribly excited about what that looks like in reality, in practice, when you've got this massive surge and flood of illegal immigrants, millions who have come to the country during the Biden administration. We are on track to get soon to a million known gotaways. These aren't even the people who've been apprehended at the border. That's a million known gotaways, and we are pretty close to that number already under President Biden alone. And here's Eric Adams, you know, obviously doing sort of the tough guy, tough talk thing here, saying, you know, this guy's anti-American. He's a global embarrassment. I don't know how many people abroad, with all due respect to Governor Abbott, have ever heard of Governor Abbott. <laughs> the idea that he's a huge global embarrassment to the United States is absurd. That's not rooted in anything. And I just feel like you're the Texan here. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I very much believe that the mayor of New York City coming to Texas, as he's threatening to do, to go around lecturing Texans about how awful the governor of Texas is and how they need to vote more like they do up in New York City. Just don't send us the results of the crisis, but right. come on in, you know, go for Beto. We don't want Greg Abbott. I feel like that is a massive in-kind contribution to the Abbott yes. for governor campaign. Yes, absolutely. That would be the best thing that could happen for Greg Abbott. <laughs> That's why he's saying make my day. And even the comebacks from Adams are sort of like slow-witted. Uh, maybe he's just not that smart of a guy. I don't know. And I like some of the stuff he is saying in New York City, but he is way out of his depth on this one, and it shows. Will Kane, I want to get your reaction on something else. I tweeted earlier today, and it seems to have sort of taken off on social media. I was just sitting there last night thinking about the new talking point from the White House that we had 0% inflation in July, when the real number is 8.5%, and they're trying to spin it as like this big victory lap thing. And I just went off the top of my head and thought of a number of similar examples of just brazen talking points from this crew. So one that came to mind was when they said build back better would cost $0. You might remember that one. That was <laughs> an insane thing that they said, but they said it repeatedly. They say that the border is secure. Anytime you ask them, yes, the border is closed, the border is secure. They had a talking point for a while where they tried to pretend that Republicans were actually the party in favor of defunding the police. They actually tried that mm -hmm. one. They said that back-to-back -back quarters of economic contraction is not a recession anymore, not under them. They've got this Inflation Reduction Act that is not an Inflation Reduction Act. Even Bernie Sanders doesn't believe it, but that's what they're calling it. We have the White House Chief of Staff saying that with real wages down 3% in July, wages are up. A few more examples that spring to mind are all of the distortions about the IRS and how this massive doubling of the IRS won't affect anyone under $400,000. Don't you worry. It's, it's not something that's going to come for you. 
And then, of course, the president about a year ago saying that the bloody chaos in Afghanistan was an extraordinary success. Those are just, you know, roughly, what, eight, nine, ten examples off the top of my head where the gaslighting that they've attempted against the American people is absolutely shameless and brazen. And I remember all of the fact checkers basically never took a vacation during the Trump administration. They were out there cranking out fact checks every single day, big headlines and chirons all over cable news on our competitors about all the lies that were being told. These are some big, big lies and big distortions on things that the American people can see and experience. I just wonder what you think of that, because I just at a certain point, it really starts to bother me how insulting this stuff is and how stupid, obviously, they think we are collectively. Yeah, the the takeaway is they're not even good lies. And you use the right word. They're brazen. How can you be someone you know, you and I probably know in our personal lives someone who is a liar, and we know people who are almost all of them good liars. A bad liar is a joke. A bad liar isn't even that common because a bad liar – I don't know what happens to bad liars. I think you see them when they're like nine years old, but they either get good or start telling the truth or just float away. These are some of the worst liars at the highest levels of society. And I guess you can be that brazen when, as you point out, there's no one there to call out the lie. But there's never an adult that goes, now listen, I and you both know that's not true. You don't have that quote-unquote fact checker or that that mechanism to keep the lie from standing as true. It's, oh, it's like it's like it's, the kid you can imagine it like you know a little kid who's five or six years old and he's got chocolate smeared all over his mouth and face. It's like now Billy. Yeah. Did you eat that chocolate? He's like, no. And you know that's a lie, and it's not convincing anyone, and everyone involved uh, is aware that it's a lie. That's how it feels a lot of the time with this crew. Yeah, yeah. And you're right. It's insulting because the assumption is that you won't see that it's a lie. Yeah, and we do over and over again. And I think part of the reason that we have the role that we have uh, in the media and at our network is because so many other people are willing to play along with this stuff or indulge it. And I'm all for an adversarial press, but it seems like it's hyper-adversarial when one party's in charge and the very opposite with a lot of these journalists when their team is in charge. I mean, it really comes down to something that simple. And I, I hate to sound that cynical about it, but I think it happens to be true, which is why I said it. Yeah, can, I, can I just end this conversation while we started with one note? You know, you asked me at the top about my experience here at the Field of Dreams. Here in Iowa, I just want to share you with you as I enter my second year what what makes it different or what might resonate, and it's twofold. I don't know if you saw the tweets from Joey Botto, the Cincinnati Red Star, but he said he rewatched Field of Dreams and he grew up watching Field of Dreams from the age of eight or nine uh, with his father, and he said his, da- his father died 14 years ago, and so it's impossible for him not to feel an emotional connection to the movie, the moment, and this place when Ray asks his father for a catch, just one more moment together. That's what this movie is about for so many. It's the story of a father and a son. And this morning, Guy, really to my surprise, for the Will Kane podcast, I sat down, as I mentioned, with John Smoltz. And I asked him about that idea, that theme, and the first thing he told me, Guy, was that his father passed away this morning. I was floored. I was honored that he would be standing there, sitting there, talking with me. But he was such an incredible voice on the meaning of this place in this moment and the relationship that it all represents between a father and a son. Wow, uh, that is 
a shocking thing, I would imagine, to hear in an interview like that. And we'll have to catch that edition of the Will Kane podcast. We'll also be watching the game tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, on Fox. Cubs, Reds in the cornfields of Iowa. It should be pretty cool. Will Kane, co-host of Fox and Friends Weekend, 6 to 10 Eastern, Saturday and Sunday. And the aforementioned Will Kane podcast, foxnewspodcasts.com. Will, always appreciate it. Talk again soon. Thanks, guys. The Guy Benson Show Happy Hour continues after this. That was this week's edition of the Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.